another episode of Impact Today. My name is Mark. This is my lovely wife, Victoria, and we're just happy that you're here with us. We have an, uh, a very powerful message today about the subject of freedom from anxiety. And so we want to encourage you to, if you have your Bible, get ready, follow along, listen to them with an open heart, and realize that you can have the victory in every area of your life, including issues of the mind, issues of emotions. You can beat and defeat anxiety. Amen. We encourage you to visit our website at impacttoday.tv. There you can find all the a link to all the past episodes that we've ever made. Um, so please avail yourself to that. And you can also shoot us an email um, let us know your prayer requests. Let us know what God's doing in your life. If he's healed you um, through watching our shows and if you've received your healing, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Amen. Praise God. So today we're going to talk about anxiety. Now, I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony um, because I was diagnosed with anxiety disorder. Now, what I'm about to talk about doesn't affect the general population. You know, all of us deal with the day-to-day -day worries that we have to cast down. All of us deal with day-to-day -day anxiety. And that's not really what we're talking about today. Today, we're talking about high anxiety. You know, when you live a lifestyle of worry day after day after day, it like, it's like building a building around you. Every time you yield to that worry, it's like laying another brick. And so you don't wake up one morning with anxiety disorder. You get anxiety disorder because you have lived day after day after day after day with worrying. So that's what I'm, I'm going to talk about today. You know, a lot of times when you hear people teach on anxiety and worry, it's for that day-to-day -day kind of worrying. That's what it applies to. Um, and that's not what we're talking about today. Man, we're gonna hit it from a different angle and I'm just gonna share a little bit of my story and how the Lord um, brought me out. So I hope it's a blessing to you. Um, you know, we all know that we are three-part beings. Maybe you don't know that. You're a three-part being, spirit, soul and body and we all know that the body can go through trauma you know like i have a friend who um, recently fell while she was ice skating and shattered her elbow physical trauma you know everyone can see it she's holding it she's <clears throat> crying people know that she needs help so they take her to the hospital and get the physical trauma taken care of well, that's your body. You're, you are a spirit, 
And if you're born again, your spirit is perfect, recreated in Christ Jesus. No problems with your spirit. But you also have a soul. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Spirit, soul, and body? Well, the soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, just so you know, for scriptural reference, it says, Now may the God of peace sanctify you completely. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you can see there's spirit, soul, body. Your soul consists of your mind, your will, your emotions, your, your intellect, your ability to reason, your ability to choose, and your feelings. That is your soul realm. Right. And so what I'm saying is you can experience circumstances in your life, mm -hmm. pressures in your life, things happening in your life that cause trauma to your soul. Yes. Just as your physical body uh, can have trauma, your soul can have trauma. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that, or the hard thing about that is you can't see it. Nobody else can see it because your soul isn't visible to everyone. Now maybe they can see the effects of it and you can certainly feel it. But um, you know, I can walk past 10 people on the street with soul trauma and not even see it. Whereas if I walked past 10 people on the street that have been shot with a gun, you know. And, and that's actually demonstrated a lot of times when there's a celebrity who Unfortunately, there's been celebrities who will commit suicide, you know, and it's a shock to the whole world because no one sees what's right. going on inside exactly. of them. Maybe their close uh, relatives or friends were aware of some of the problems, but you know, or sometimes you have celebrities who may, they, they may not commit suicide, but they're always going into rehabs because they're constantly self-medicating with right. drugs Trying to and alcohol. numb the pain of the trauma. N numb the pain, yeah. So that's how people end up with things like anxiety disorder. There's trauma, trauma, trauma stacked on top of each other and it's never dealt with properly and so then one day it manifests itself in some type of disorder, mental illness, physical sickness. Um, so I just wanted to share with you a little bit about what was going on in my life. This was several years back. Um, we went through some hard things in so many areas of our life all at once. And I didn't really have time to like catch my breath, process each thing, let the Lord heal me. Before I could do that, boom, we got hit with another one and another one. Um, during that time, our children got attacked, severely attacked, with like life-threatening things, life-altering things. As a mom, it just rocked my world. Um, it wounded me, you know, when a mom sees her kids go through severe pain. It wounds. It can wound your heart. So that was going on. And then, um, you know, we don't pastor a church. We're evangelists. We travel, but we belong to a home church, which we're so happy to belong there and be able to attend there when we're in town. But the church we attend, 
so many people just started leaving mm -hmm. our church and it was hard on our ministry because a lot of those people were monthly partners and so like they left to go to a different church it's and they hard. dropped us and I totally get you know they're in a new church that church has their own missionaries and they're going to support them um, but that was, you know, I just have to be honest with you. That was hard for me. Every time I saw, oh, they're not partnering with us anymore. It hurt. It did. You know, it's something I had to deal with. Okay. So you got my kids, you got the ministry. Um, then at that time I owned a cleaning company with five employees. We were cleaning houses all over Tulsa. I was making good money at that. It was a blessing to help with the kids college and everything. But then um, I started having major problems with some of my employees. One of my employees stole something very precious to me and I never got it back. Like I can't even think, like I just put that out of my mind. <laughs> and, um, and then I had another employee who just started lying to me and screwing up on the job and I had to fire her. Like it was an intense time. Then to top it off, I started finding out from people in different states and here and there that somebody was spreading horrible lies about me. Yeah, it was shocking. It was shocking to me. It floored me. So you take all of this stuff and you add it together and you see my traumatized heart. <laughs> and so what happened? I started having panic attacks. Now, I didn't even really know um, what was happening to me at first, but I just want to take a few minutes to talk about a panic attack for a couple of reasons. Um, if you have never experienced a panic attack, it's easy for you to judge somebody who's having one and you have no idea what they're going through. Um, so I want you to know what it's like because then you can help somebody who's experiencing it. And if you have experienced a panic attack, when you listen to me talk about my own panic attack, you're gonna be relieved that somebody knows what you're going through. And I am here to tell you that there is a way out. Amen. I don't have panic attacks. Like once in a while, one will, I can feel one's trying to come on me and we just know now, we know what to do and it goes away and it doesn't come back. Whereas this period of time in my life that I'm sharing about, I was having two to three major panic attacks a day. The kind where you have to lay on the floor and wait till it's over, you can't function, crippling my life. So there is a way out. Panic attacks are real. Don't make fun of them. If you don't have them, you don't understand, don't make, don't make fun. So this is what happened. Um, I started to feel like I was carrying this clock, this heavy clock in my chest, and it was tick, 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 tick. I just became aware. It was like the anxiety and worries on the outside moved inside. Like a change. It's bondage. It's demonic oppression. And every minute of the day throughout the day I'm aware of this heavy clock in my heart and it would just start ticking faster harder louder until I would just begin to shake uncontrollably 
Now, when you're having a panic attack, you feel like you are going to die. Um, you feel like you're drowning. You can't breathe. It even can feel like you're having an out-of-body experience. It's a very strange feeling. Like you're in the middle of all this and all of a sudden you feel like you are standing by watching it happen. It's very um, strange. Uh, this happened to me once during this time when my anxiety was at its peak. I was going into the post office and all of a sudden that tick in my chest, everything started to go narrow and black like a tunnel. I started to feel lightheaded. And so I sat down on the sidewalk because I, I didn't want to pass out and hit my head. And as I sat down on the sidewalk, this guy was walking by and I grabbed onto his leg. And I said, help me, help me, I can't breathe. And he stopped and, and he, he's like, okay, okay, what's wrong? And all these people started stopping around me. And I said, can somebody please pray for me? And nobody prayed for me. This is on Main Street in Broken Arrow, two miles from the Bible school I attended. I was like, please pray for me, because that's what I needed, you know. Nobody prayed for me, but they were just like, it's going to be okay. They called 911. Well, the ambulance came, and they took me into the back of the ambulance, and I'm just like, oh, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. So the, the paramedic or EMT seriously looked like a little boy to me. I was like, are you old enough to be doing this? And he put this breathing mask on me, and he showed me the numbers on the monitor, and he said, listen, if you can't breathe, this number will be very low, the lights will be way down here, but if you can breathe, the number is high, and look, the number is high, so just calm down, deep breath. So he got me calmed down, it passed, and that's when he said something shocking to me. He said, ma'am, have you ever had issues with anxiety? You need to make an appointment with a psychiatrist. I was like, what? What is this boy telling me? It passed. I was fine. I went home. I didn't, I didn't really take you know, what he said to me too seriously, except just a short time later, I was cleaning a house, and it happened again. Half of my body went numb. I thought I was having a stroke or a heart attack, you know? So I called Mark and you came and you took me to the ER. They ran a bunch of tests, nothing, nothing was wrong with me, except ma'am, you have panic disorder and you need to call a psychiatrist, you need to go see a psychiatrist. Well, I mean, this was crippling my life. It was getting to the point where I would be driving down the road and that tick inside my chest would happen and then I would have crazy thoughts come to my mind. You can't drive. You're going to crash. You're going to crash. You're going to crash. You're going to crash. And I'm like driving down the road actually feeling like I'm going to crash. Pull over the side of the road. Have a panic attack. It was horrible. So... I didn't go see a psychiatrist. I made an appointment with my family doctor. And she asked me some questions, talked for me a while, with me a while, and she said, I, you know, I'm confirming the diagnosis. You have anxiety disorder. You have panic disorder, and 
you have clinical depression, which makes sense because the scripture says in Proverbs 12, 25, anxiety in the heart of a person causes depression. Anxiety in the heart of a man, in the heart of a woman, causes depression. If you're ministering to people who are depressed, they're depressed because they have anxiety. And this is kind of how I'm teaching this from a different angle. So many times we focus on, do not be anxious, do not be worried, joy, 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 ha, ha, ha. But that person is in such a horrible place, that kind of stuff doesn't really do good. That kind of stuff does great for your everyday anxiety, um, everyday worry stuff. But, but for someone like me, they're beyond that. They're beyond that. It's like trying to give preventative uh, medicine to somebody who's already dying. Okay, we need 